0: The following shear has been presented by Rabbi Yitzchak Grossman, Dayan at the Beis Havad, and has been brought to you by the Base Havad Halacha Center. For hetre iska loans and collections, please call the center at 1-888-485-VAAD or visit thehalachacenter.org. Parashas Vayishlach relates Yaakov's confrontation with Esav, and Chazal learn various lessons from the parsha of how Jews in exile are supposed to behave toward their gentile overlords. Toward the end of their confrontation, Asa proposes to provide Yaakov with an escort, Asa Yaakov politely declines, bayomer lamaze adoni. Brachus says that Rabenu revu Nasi, when he would be selichim malchusa when he would visit Rome. Havam is takalbahada parshasa. He would read Er Parsha, Parashas ve'yishlach, Yishlach, Below of Nasiv A lesson he learned was not to take a Gentile companion along with him. Chadzman Loistakalba, once he made the mistake of not reading the Parsha in preparation for a trip to Rome. And he consequently made the mistake of taking a gentile companion didn't turn out well, by the time they, they hadn't even they hadn't even gotten to Akko, he was forced to sell his horse, the Yifei explains, he hadn't gotten to Akko, he had to sell his horse, according to another Gersa, he had to sell his penis, his his cloak, the Gentiles took away from him everything he had, and the reason the Midrash tells you the story of Rabbeinu is to tell you that when you read this parsha, there's a reason the Torah wrote the details of Yaakov's meeting with Esav, in order for us to learn muster the right way to behave, not to accept the company of Gentiles on the road, <coughs> when engaged in, in such a mission. There is a similar midrash earlier in the parsha. It says that when Yaakov sent his messengers his gift to Esav, by some lemar kosamruin la donile esav. This is what you should say to my master, to Esav, Ko amar Avdecha Yaakov, Im Lavan Garti, He said, they should say, So says your servant Yaakov. Rabbeinu, again, Rabbi once told Rabbi Ephes, his Emanuensis, he said, Ksov, Chad, Igram, and Shmi, write a letter in my name, Lamaran Malka Antoninus, to our master, King Antoninus. So Rabbi Ephes wrote, Min Yehuda Nesia, Lemaron Malka Antoninus. This letter is from... Yehuda Anasi, to Maran Malka Antoninus. Rebbe saw what he'd written, but caray, he tore it up. He said, what you should write is as follows, Min Avdecha Yehuda, don't write Yehuda Nasiya. write Min Avdecha Yehuda, from your servant Yehuda, L'maran Malka Antoninus. Amr le Rebbe, the you're a Anasi. you deserve to be called Rebbe Anasi, why do you insist on calling yourself Avdecha? He said, Mani, min Sabi, am I better than my grandfather, my ancestor Yaakov? Look what he said, Ko Amar Yaakov, he referred to himself as your servant when relating to Esav. And this is the the theme that we learn from Yaakov's attitude and conduct toward Esav, how Jews should behave in Golis. The Ramban, the Ramban referring to the previous Midrash about declining the escort, the Ramban says that Chazal had a Kabbalah, that this parasha of Ayishlach is the parasha of Golis, and when they would go to Rome, to the Chatzar Malchay Edom, the court of the kings of Edom for communal matters, they would read the parsha to learn from the, the council of the and the Chacham of Yaakov Avinu. And that's how they learned what to do. The Ramban in general says that Master Avos Similabanim, that many things that befell the Avos are, are portents and are, are guidance to what will eventually happen to their, to us, to their descendants. But in particular, this is the parsha of Golas. This is where Chazal explained. This is where we learn lessons from. With regard to how to conduct ourselves vis-a-vis Asa vis-a-vis our Gentile overlords in Gaulus. In particular, this lesson was not to accept an escort, because even if they seem to be uh to, they seem to be offering a kind gesture, a, a generous gesture to accompany us, they really have a selfish and ulterior motive. It's not going to be good for us. They do it, la naas atman for their own benefit, humafkirn Shaladam and they wind up taking a person's property. Rashi explains that Yaakov actually prepared for his encounter with Esav, l'shlosh That Yaakov's preparation it was in three different areas. L'doron, he gave the mincha, mincha Alpanov, He gave the gift, the bribe. That was one, one, one method. Lutvila, he prayed to Hashem. He said, "Al But also l'molchama, he prepared for war. He said <coughs> he divided his family into two groups. He said, if Esav strikes one, he had a tactical plan. V'ya machanah neshar the second one will escape, because I'll fight with Asaf, to be prepared for war. Didn't come to that. Fortunately, the, the confrontation was nonviolent, but he prepared for Mulchama. Despite the fact that this is the parasha of Gaulus, and we learn Chazal learned various lessons about how a Jew behaves in Gaulus vis-a-vis his overlords, the lesson of Mulchama is not the one that we typically learn. Hazal in general, and the, the mesorah we have of how to behave in Gaulus generally does not include Milchama. And the truth is, Chazal explicitly warn us against flouting the, the authority, the hegemony of our Gentile overlords in the Midrash of the Shalashvus. This is a famous Drush of Chazal. It appears in the Talmud Bavli, in Shir Hashirim Rabba, and various other midrashim. It uh, revolves around several psukim in Shir Hashirim, three psukim in particular, that all begin Hishbati, First his bati eschan benotsi urshalayim bitzaos of ilosasa de into iru mitoru sarva atakhpatz there's a shvua that we should not arouse, we should not awaken the love until until he wishes it the exact same pasuk again a second time and the and a third time it's a similar pasuk his bati eschan benotsi urshalayim mato iru mato iru matoru sarva atakhpatz again all three psukim indicate that uh, that there's a shvua, not that we're not supposed to arouse and awaken the love, the love between us and the Karish Baruch Hu, until he wills it. Shirashirim is a mushal, There are many different ways to interpret it, Chazal, the Rishonim, but the, the the midrash of the Shal Shvuos interprets these hishbatis as shvuos that Karish Baruch Hu, oaths that Karish Baruch Hu administered to to Klal Yisrael as well as to the nations of the world. To, that regarding their the, the appropriate conduct that they should have vis-a-vis each other in Gauls. the exact details of these Shvuos, there are there are a variety of different ways of enumerating them. In Shir Ashiram, Shira, Shira, Rabbi Yosef Berchanina says shte shavuos yeshkan. There are two. Rabbi Helbo there says arba shavuos yeshkan. In ksuvos, the Gemara brings the, the, Gemara, the Gemara brings that Rabbi Yosef Berchanina says gimel Shvuos halalu. There are three Shvuos, and later. Rabbi Levi says there are six Shavuos. The the various of the Shavuos, obviously six is more than three or four, but a number of the Shavuos are common throughout these various versions. The 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 three Shavuos, the the most famous version is the three Shavuos. The three Shavuos and the Bavli are uh, three Psukim, three Hishbatis. So the three Shavuos are two deklah Yisrael. The first is shlo yalu Yisrael b'choma, that the Jews should not ascend to Eretz Yisrael kechoma as a wall. As a wall is a strange term. What does ascending as a wall mean? So Rashi says, ascending as a wall means, Yachad Biyad Together, collectively, Kla Yisrael as a whole, Biyad by force. As we'll see, the Achronim discuss exactly, exactly the, 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 the nature of these two criteria, and how much weight to give each one. But Rashi says that Bachoma means, Yachadu Biyad so that was one Shvuah. Second Shvuah was, Shle Yimre that Klal Yisrael should not rebel against the nations of the world. The third Shvua was to the non-Jews, that they should not enslave the Jewish people more than is appropriate. Apparently some level of enslavement is appropriate. They should not enslave the Jews more than is appropriate. And Bavli goes on and says, Rabbi Levi says, What are the six? The three that we enumerated. Three more, they should not reveal the... The end time when the redemption is gonna is gonna occur. According to the gears that we have, they shouldn't distance the kites. Rashi says that means b'avonam, they shouldn't commit sins, which will result in the delay of the gula. Or v'lishnachrina, the gears say with a Dalit, They shouldn't uh, they shouldn't force the kites. They shouldn't force the issue. How do you force the issue? How can we force Hashem to bring the gula? They shouldn't importune Hashem more than is appropriate, Yosur Midai, like we find in Vashanan, that Moshe was praying to be allowed into Arifkanaan. Hashem said, Ravl Tosef, that uh that no more tfilos, uh, this is enough. Sometimes Hashem said, enough tfilah, and uh no more tfila. So these are either three shwos or six shwus in Shira Shiram Rabbah. Shira, Rabih Rabbi, Rabbi Yoshi Brachanina says, Shavuos, one to Yisrael, one to Umasa Olam. To Yisrael, they shouldn't rebel against the yoke of the nations. And the Malchios swore, very closely parallel. Zelu that they shouldn't, they shouldn't make the yoke, the, their yoke more, more difficult, harder to bear than is appropriate. Reb Kelbo says, Jews should not rebel against the, the, the kingdoms of the world. They shouldn't force the gaula. They shouldn't reveal, they shouldn't reveal their, they shouldn't reveal secrets. That was actually the, the last and in the Babli as well. Forgot to read that one. asod. That is, uh, what Sod, Rashi says, either Sod Ha'iber or the Sod of Tame Torah, the hidden secrets of the Torah. So the, so the Midrash and Shirashirim, these are the four shvuos that they shouldn't rebel against the, the, yoke of the nations. They shouldn't force the cates. They shouldn't reveal Master secrets. And Shalyala Choma, again the word Choma that they shouldn't be, they shouldn't be Ola from the Gulfs. So, this isn't Agadatagamara, this is, it's not brought by the, by the post the codifiers in Halacha, and it didn't really receive that much, that much attention in a, uh, in a systematic way, in a rigorous way until relatively recently. The last couple of centuries saw some, saw discussion of this, saw a fair amount of discussion of these shvuos, by the, by the postkin, in the 19th century, it was still somewhat theoretical. By the 20th century, as we'll see, in the 20th century, with the Balfour Declaration, it became the, the and the, and the beginning of the the, 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 Zionist aliyah, the beginning of Mass Aliyah to Israel. If this became a major issue, the Jewish thinkers began to debate what are the implications of the Shavuos, Again, there wasn't such a strong precedent to go on, because the Shavuos were never, were always really treated as somewhat, mostly treated as somewhat agadic, they, they didn't really receive a lot of attention, but the Chachma Yisrael began to debate the implications of the Shavuos in earnest in the 19th and then the 20th century, with the uh, Sat of course, Yelish took a very hard line, the the Shavuos, the Shavuos formed a major part of his opposition to the Zionist project, he took a very strict view of the Shavuos, on the other hand, as the Zionist Tachmon pointed out, there were many interpretations of the Shavuos that allowed for a more a more lenient understanding, including those that were found in Gedolly Israel of earlier generations. As I said, the as we've said, there wasn't much attention paid to the shvuos until the nineteenth and twentieth century. Earlier than that, we just have several several references, some halachic, some not halachic, but relatively few references before the modern period. Rambam mentions the Shavuos in Igeres Teman, a letter he wrote to the Yemenite Jewish community. The community had been suffering greatly. There had been various developments that were very difficult for the community. And he wrote a letter to encourage them, to support them. One of the topics he addressed in the letter was the phenomenon of Meshich HaSheker, false messiahs, pretenders to being Mashiach. And Rambam gives several examples. Malchus Beginning of the kingdom of Yishmael, there was a man, Be'evar Anar, he said he's Mashiach, and didn't end well. He says, similarly, there was a man, Marav, in the Maghreb, Medinas, Fas, Fez, 45, 45 years ago, he said, he said he was the Mavaser and the Shliach of Mashiach, and he said Mashiach would be revealed that year. Didn't happen, and instead, uh, on the contrary, there were various terrorists And Kojimze. Before that, he says, ten ten years before that, in Spain, in Cordoba, there was a man who said he was Mashiach, and it almost resulted, uh, almost resulted in the destruction of 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 Israel because of that. Somehow, he says. And before that, around uh, around thirty years, he says, there was a there was a man in France. He said he was Mashiach, and he made what people thought were various miracles. The French killed him, and they killed many Jewish communities. And because of this, he says, because of the great, uh, the terrible problems that can befall Claudi Yisrael, because of these uh, improper efforts to end the Gullus, he says, that's why, that's why, he says, that the, the Neviim warned us about this, that there would be, that uh, close to the time of the real Mashiach, there would be pretenders to being Mashiach. And not only wouldn't they be successful, they would result in the destru- their own destruction and the destruction of many Jews along with them. And because, the Ramam says, because Shlomo Baruch HaKodesh, he knew that this would be a problem, that the Jews would have a tremendous urge to leave the Golas before their appropriate time, and that that would have uh, very, very uh, unfortunate consequences, he warned them not to do this. And he was mashbia ha'uma, he made the nation swear, al derech Mashal, Rambam calls it derech Mashal, not so clear what that means, but the entire Shir is a mashal. The Rambam probably didn't think that the shvua was uh, was, was an actual literal shvua that I, that was uttered explicitly. The Rambam probably understands that this is a, a, a drush of Chazal telling you a telling you a principle of the way we're supposed to act rather than a literal shvua. But the Rambam says it was alderach mashal. He says the Achranim debate what exactly he means by alderach mashal, but uh, he brings the pasuk in Shir Hashirim, "Hishbati eschem Benos Etc. And he says, he tells the Jews in Yemen that, uh, Kablu Alechem Shvuaso, you should accept the Shvuah, V'altairu Esava, Achatechpatz, don't do this, Mayakosh Baruch, remember us, and take us out of galus in the appropriate time. So Ramba wasn't writing, wasn't, he didn't, he didn't bring this into Yad Chazakah, he wasn't Kaveh this as a halacha, a current debate, how much weight to give to his invocation of the Shvuah in Igeris Teman, it was written for a specific purpose, to encourage them not to follow Mashiach HaShaker. A call upon him, the Rambam brings it in the Igera's Tema. Megillus Esther, in his Pirush to the Sefer HaMitzvahs, Megillus Esther is dealing with the famous Machlokas, Rambam and Ramban. Ramban says, when he lists examples of Tariq mitzvahs, the Rambam forgot. He gives a list of mitzvahs the Rambam forgot. So he says that the mitzvah of Yishuv Eretz Yisrael, Rambam doesn't count the mitzvah of Yishuv Eretz Yisrael. He should. It's a mitzvah Dar Eiseh, Ramban says. So the Achronim explain why the Rambam left it out. So Megillus Esther says, because Rambam held that the mitzvah of Yishav Eretz Yisrael, of Yerusha Saaretz, only applied Bimei Moshe, of Yeshua, of David, and before the Golas. Once the Golas occurred, the mitzvah no longer applies until Mashiach comes. On the contrary, he says, the Yemar Suvas tells us, Yerushalayim, he brings two of the shvuos, not to be ola b'choma, not to be morid buma ha'olam. And therefore, that was the basis of the Rambam. The Rambam doesn't actually bring the, the shvuos in a halachic context, other than Higeras Taman. But according to Megillus Esther, the, the, the shvuos were the reason why the Rambam held that the Mitzvah of Yishav Eretz Yisrael is not Noegludarus. The Achronim, Rav and others have, have many questions on the approach of the Megillus Esther. But Al-Kalpan and Esther takes one of the most extreme understandings of the Shavuah. He says that that's why there's no mitzvah of Yisrael. That's why it's not counted by the Rambam as one of the Tariq mitzvahs, because the, the Shavuahs prevent us, the Shavuahs block us, they suppress the mitzvah, they tell us that we're not supposed to fulfill the mitzvah until Mashiach comes. The Rashbash, Rabbi Shlomo ben Shimon Duran, the Rashbash in Etshuva says, that Ain Safik, he says, that the mitzvah of Yisrael is a mitzvah gedola, it's a great mitzvah, during the time of the Beis HaMikdash, after the Beis HaMikdash, the Ramban, he says, his ancestor, the Ramban, counts it as one of the Tariq mitzvahs, he says, and that's what his father, the Rashbash's father, was the Tashbat, Rishon bin ben Duran. he counts it as a mitzvah in Zohar HaRakiyah, even according to the Ramban, who didn't count it as a mitzvah, say, the Rashbash says, it's at least a mitzvah drabanan. However, the Rashbash, so not like the, so the, not like the Megillus Esther who says that the mitzvah doesn't apply at all. He says it is a mitzvah, at least Midrabanan. However, the Rashbash says the mitzvah is not a mitzvah koleles l'chol Yisrael begolos. He agrees somewhat to the Megillus Esther. He says the mitzvah is not eliminated in Golos, but it's, it's limited and it's, uh, it's contracted in how it applies. He says, Kla Yisrael as a whole can't be, can't make Eliyah. The nation as a whole can't return to Israel. Yisrael. That's one of the shvuro Esakates, esaketz al b'choma. He says, but it is a mitzvah al kol Yachit. Each individual has a mitzvah to make Aliyah, but Klal Yisrael collectively doesn't have the mitzvah. A little hard to understand. If it's a mitzvah on individuals, so if all the individuals would do would want to do the right thing, that would mean all of Klal Yisrael would go. So what happens? They're supposed to have a gurul. You have a quota of a, of a certain number of Jews who can go, and after that, everyone else is potter. Rashbash doesn't explain. So clearly, had to reconcile a mitzvah on each, on each yachid to go with the uh, lack of a mitzvah and even a prohibition against Klai Yisrael collectively going. But that's what Rashbash says. He says that it's a mitzvah on Yechidim, but it is not a, uh, not a mitzvah on Klai Yisrael as a whole. Klai Yisrael as a whole is actually prohibited from going because of the Shvuah. The Abne Nezer basically Points out that this doesn't work. He says that, no, on the contrary, since it's not a mitzvah on the whole Tla Yisrael, it is not a mitzvah on either, he says. He says, that's why we can give time we can justify why the Gedolim throughout the generations didn't go to Eretz Yisrael, didn't make Eliyah. He says, it's a, it's a real problem. Other Achurnim deal with this as well. How come Gedolim Yisrael, some of them actually did have the opportunity, how come they did not make Eliyah? They did not go to Eretz Yisrael? So he says, oh, the answer is because of the Shvuah. He says, now he says he can't be he can't be uh, ola bechoma, can, which means he can't be ola collectively. Yechidim, theoretically would be allowed to, but Klal Yisrael as a whole can't, like the Rashbash says. However, he says we have to go one step further. Once Kla Yisrael has no chiyuv, it can't be. Yechidim can't have a chiyuv either, because if each yachid has a chiyuv, that means the whole Kalal Yisrael has a chiyuv, and that can't be because of, of they can't go Bachoma maybe they should go one at a time he says miyaktim are how you going to arrange that uh, how do you decide who goes first who goes second he says everyone's going to say his reason like demon. and then it will be call biyaker therefore he takes Rosh bash one step further it's true that the, the fundamentally the prohibition of shalyalu b'choma is they shouldn't all go together but mamela he says there is no chiv even on yechid. however the Avnezer adds a tremendous a tremendous qualification of the Shavua. he says this is only when we don't have permission from the memshalah to, to make aliyah. However, he says if you get permission, it was theoretical in his time, but he says if you get permission from the, from the authorities, then you have to go. Because the, the whole reason is lesser betsibur, lesser biyachid. We can't all go because that would be bechoma. But Rashi says the choma is beyond chazaka. It's only when we go unilaterally, without co-op, without the consent and the endorsement of the, of the nations. He doesn't say exactly which Memshalah he means, the ones where the Jews live, the ones who control Eretz Israel, but Memshalah in general. If you don't have permission to the Memshalah, then the Tiber can't go, and consequently Yechidim can't go either. But if there would be permission, he says, Im Yuten Rashus, Lachal Israel Lialos, Lalos, that would not be called Bachoma, because Rashi says Bachoma is Biyad Chazaka. In a subsequent Shuvah, he says, he said that according to Rashi, that since Rashi says Biyad Chazaka, the prohibition is only going up by force against the will of the nations, he says. So someone told him that in the Sefer Avas Yonasson, in uh, Rebioness and Heibschitz, on the Haftaras, he says, Rebioness and Heibschitz said that even with permission, it's still included in the Shavuah. Abba dismisses this out of hand. He says, This is just drash. A thousand similar pieces of drash, he says. He says, Rashi, as the Mafarish of the Gemara, Rashi says it means biyad chazaka. If it's not biyad chazaka, if it's with permission of the nations, then there is, it is mutter. And even, uh, even in and Sanabshitz, he says, Ladina, some say that in other places of his writings, he himself uh, takes a different tack of and Sanabshitz. But Ladina, Rav Nezer says, Biyon Sanabshitz himself would accept the shita of Rashi, that the Isra is only biyad chazaka. Rashi said two things: Yachad and Biyat Chazaka. Lavanazer understands without Bialchazaka, there's no Isser of Aliyah B'Choma. This is actually a machlokus of between many Achronim. One of the earliest to discuss this was Rabbi Shmuel Yafa Ashkenazi in the 16th century, a great uh, one of the great classic Mefarshim of Midrash Rabbah in his Yufei Toar and Yufei Kol and Shir So he has an interesting question. He says two of the shvuos were. That, bahoma, you shouldn't go bahoma, we shouldn't go bahoma, and shalayim redubu we shouldn't rebel against the nations of the world, of the world. He says, why do you need a shvua not to make aliyah, yachad biyod that's a merit, to just leave your host country without their permission, he says. So once it says, that's included. So he gives two terutsim. His first teruts is, that merit means if they remain if we remain in a certain country and don't follow the rules don't obey the laws that's a merit but leaving he says we're leaving we don't have to follow the rules we're leaving that that's fine that would not be called merit that's why there's a new prohibition of yallu bakham hijn pelagi disagrees and Ishmas Kolchai, he says That uh, if not paying taxes, uh, Rav Shmuel Yaffe says, would be called merit. Remaining there and not paying taxes is called a merit. Certainly, leaving is is uh, is uh, is a tremendous merit. This was the traditional approach that that governments had the right to their citizens. They they would force the citizens to remain there, especially if they were valuable for tax purposes. Today, we typically believe that freedom of movement is is a human right, and it's only uh, totalitarian countries that refuse to let their uh, refuse to let their citizens leave. But I'll call upon him the. That's what John F. Kennedy said about the Berlin Wall, that freedom and democracy may have problems, but we have never had to build a wall to keep our people in. But, I'll call upon him, this is the Machlokas. Reb Shmuel Yafa said, that's not merit, perhaps it's not called merit to just leave, that's a different Shvuah of Layallah Bahama. and Reb Chaim Palaji said, no, he thinks that would be called merit. Reb Shmuel Ashkenazi, Rabbi Shmuel Yafa Ashkenazi has a second terrors. He says that maybe the Chiddush of Shlayallah B'chomah is even with permission of the Malchias. That, that, L'Yimr Dubu is not to, L'Yimr Dubu Malchios is not to flout their authority. And Layala B'Chom is even with the permission of the Malchios. What's the rationale for that? Hashem scattered us, Hashem Pizranu Bekanfus Aretz. We have no permission to try to, try to reunite, to try to go back to Eretz Israel until Hashem, until Hashem gathers us in at the time of Mashiach. So, Rashul Yaf Ashkenazi, the great Achron from the 16th century, he was the first, he was one of the first to explicitly say that the, he suggests in one chat, Epshur, he says that the prohibition of al B'chalma is not just B'yad Khazaka, despite the fact that Rashi says B'yad Khazaka, it's even Barashu Samalchius. Rav Chaim Palaji rejects this, he says it's true the Rashbash also, the Rashbash also seems to, uh, seems to hold this way, because again, the Rashbash says that Yechidim have a mitzvah to go, but Klal Yisrael as a whole don't. The Yechidim have a mitzvah to go. He wasn't talking about rebelling against the nations. He was talking about Yechidim making aliyah. but that same mitzvah, he says, the same mitzvah does not apply to Kla Yisrael as a whole. So, the Rashbash also seems to feel that making aliyah, certainly the Miguel says said there's no mitzvah Bizmanazah at all, because of Layal, because of the Shvuos. Uh, it also seems to suggest that he means even, uh, even voluntary, uh, even with the permission of the Malchus. But Ruchayim Pelagi says, this is, this maybe is what the Rashbash says, this is what the... This is what Shmuel Yaf Ashkenazi says. Yesh Shletchus, says. Once the nations give us give permission to call Israel, to go to Eretz Yisrael, it's a mitzvah zaseh, he says. So why is it our job to make cheshbonos? Hashem scattered us, bedalot kanfas to Eretz. But it's a mitzvah zaseh. And the non-Jews are not objecting, he says. So he thinks that the t'mistavr, that there would be a mitzvah once the, once the nations no longer object. He thinks that there would be a mitzvah. This position also... Was endorsed by Remeir Simcha of Dvinsk, Tharsimach, Ars- Meshachachma. He has a remarkable letter. He says that, he says, in the Sibas he says, that in the gathering of governments, enlightened governments, Mamlachot, wrote in San Remo, Tufrejay in Zion, <coughs> this is the, the Balfour Declaration in, in 1917, and then the San Remo Conference over the next few years that endorsed it, he says that in this this decision by the, the the relevant great powers of the world, they made a proclamation: "Asher eret Yisrael, tia Israel Yisrael, that the nation, that the land of Israel, should be a homeland for the Jewish people." At this point, R' Simcha says, Star hashvuos." We no longer have to worry about. We have no longer have any fear of the shvuos. He takes for granted, like the Rukhaim Pelagi, like others, that the that 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 lo Loyalu b'choma is only like the Avnezer says. It's only if it's against the will of the nations, if if, if it's napiot chazaka, if they have a declaration that it's that it's our homeland, that's fine. And therefore, he says barisha yon with the permission of the governments of the world, comma mitzvah yishaveret yisrael. The mitzvah yishaveret yisrael once again returns to its place, and the mitzvah is on every person to aid this effort uh, to the extent that he can. Then he says another remarkable thing. He says the first base of mikdash, the destruction was predicted by. Neviim, Yeshaya and Yirmiyah, other neviim, and the return to Eretz Yisrael Bimeh Azri and there were also neviim in the time of Nachshon The return to Eretz Yisrael, there were neviim involved who guided them. So the says, "Mi or Who knows?" He says, "Perhaps we can draw a parallel. The same, the churban by Yisheni, the Golas were in now, the Korban Bayesheni was not Al-Pinavua, Hazal Darsh and various Psukim and the Nevi'im who lived in the time of the first basin Mikdash to refer to the Golas Edom as well, but that's Vedarach Drasha. The Pashtas. so there were no actual Nevi'im in the time of the second Korban predicting it, he says. So, Mi'odeh, he says, perhaps the Hanachas Evan Pina, the laying of the cornerstone of the third of Mikdash, will also be Shalal-Pinavu'im. Uchinitilaso, kachnesinaso. The way the Beis Mikdash was taken away, which was through a derech process, not heralded by neviim. Perhaps the third Beis Mikdash as well will be rebuilt, will be, will return to Eretz Yisrael. He seems to mean through the political process and not through the, not, uh, not with the full fanfare of nevuah. So this is one of the reasons many Akron have suggested for why the Shelo does not uh, prohibit the modern Zionist project. The Satmar Rebbe, Rav of course, was vehemently opposed to this. He has an entire Sefer in the Mamre Sholoshvus, an entire Sefer in, uh, opposing the, opposing Zionism, largely on the basis of the Sholoshvus. He shoots down all these arguments. He has lengthy arguments for why this is not the correct, these, the, these are not the, these are not the correct approaches to the Gemara. But as we've seen, many others have argued that these basic ideas are present in other Gedolay Achronim. One of the main ones is this idea of the Avrin and Rumeir Simcha. Which, which is found in Rav Chaim as well. That insofar as there is permission from the nations, we don't need to worry about the shvuos. Another reason some achrarnim proposed for why the shvuos may not be a problem is an idea that various Chacham have suggested. Perhaps most prominently, Rav Shlomo Kluger, Rav Shlomo Kluger in his haggadah Maasei Yotzer, he says he's going on the he's going on the phrase that's Pastus, you learn it means that we, that the, the Mitzrayim were Dochik us. They, they oppressed us in Mitzrayim. Rosh Homer is suggesting that it means we were Dochik the Kates. We, Davin Hashem, we brought, brought the Kates earlier. We were literally Dochik as a Kates. He says it's a Shvuah. The Gemara says it, the Midrash says it's a Shvuah. We're not supposed to be Dochik as a Kates, die. Rashi says we shouldn't be Mispalel to bring the Kates too early. That's talking about a Shvuah in the later Goliaths. But Roshon Kluger suggests that in Mitzrayim, there was such a shvu as well, that they were not supposed to be Delkic the Kates. Nevertheless, the Jews did exactly that. They were Zoe Baruch Hu, and they were Zaku Yoser Midai, and they actually brought, brought the Kates, the Gulam, from Mitzrayim early. Why did Hashem listen, he says? If they were doing wrong, if they were, there was a shvu that they shouldn't have done that, Hashem shouldn't have accepted such a Tfilah. They should have been punished for, for those Tfilahs, he says. What's the answer, he says? The answer is that the Shvuahs were mutual. Yes, we had a shvua sh'lo yidhik but the nations had a shvua that they shouldn't be doche k'tzar us yosher Kluger brings a halachah and shulchan If two people make mutual promises, nishpush nayim ze So the halacha is, if either one breaks his shvua, breaks his part of the deal, the other one is released from his obligation as well. So had the Mitzrayim not violated their shvua of excessively enslaving us, excessively oppressing us, we would have been forbidden from being Doche by Tevila. But since they violated, uh, their Shvua, they were Doche Kaleem Ma'od, mikok so we could be Doche as well, and we have the right to, we have the right to, uh, to, we had the right to press the Kodesh Baruch Hu but Tevila, to bring the Kates earlier. Rosh Hashanah isn't talking about the other Shvuas of Layala B'choma and Shalim so or the Satmerebi is quoted as saying that the, that that he wouldn't have allowed, but the basic idea that the Shvuas are mutual, and that if the non-Jews don't live up to, don't, if the non-Jews don't keep their Shvuah, we don't have to keep our Shvuah as well. The basic idea is already present in Rosh Lom Kluger, and this is adopted by other, by others who support the, the effort to return to Eretz Yisrael, that perhaps we're not bound by the, perhaps we're not bound by the Shvuas, not to be married by umos, and not to be, and not to be doch a and not to be olah b'chama, because the non-Jews have not lived up to the shvuah that HaKadosh Baruch made them swear. The base Havad on the Parsha series has been brought to you by the base Havad Halacha Center. To reach the center for halacha consultations, service, educational seminars, or media, please call 1-888-485-VAD. That's 1-888-485-8223. To sign up to the BHHJ, the Base Havad's weekly interactive e-journal, please visit www.bhhj.org or you can email us at office at the